Welcome back to Two Dudes Watch Cartoons, the podcast where two dudes, that's us, watch cartoons. I'm your host, Alex. And I'm Evan, and today we are covering The Witcher, Nightmare of the Wolf. I feel like I'm going to need a lot of assistance today, I'll be honest. I, <laughs> I, uh, I've watched all of it, obviously, but I feel like... I still know nothing about the world of The Witcher. Can you give me a little bit of background on it? Yeah, so Netflix has given us a decent amount of Witcher content. So what we're going to be talking about is, like you said, the anime, uh, Nightmare of the Wolf. And then we're also gonna, we're probably going to be talking about the live action season. So if you don't want to be spoiled on those, um, this is probably not the best podcast to listen to. But... The Witcher was originally like a collection of short stories. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was two books about the world of the Witcher and kind of uh, Geralt and his travels of monster hunting and and collecting coin. Um, And then from there, I believe it was turned into a video game. How imagine how weird is that? It's like a, a foreign book series, short stories. And someone saw this and was like, I'm going to make a video game. Yeah. How how recent are the games? That's a good question. Let me look it up here. I've played The Witcher 3, which is um, the only one in the series that I've played. And it's funny because it kind of correlates to some of the story in the live action series of The Witcher. Let's see. When did the games come out here? They're, it's a very popular game series. It's mm-hmm. um, so the. Witcher looks like it started back in 2007. So it's been around for a while Uh and they've had a few iterations of it. Yeah. See, it was even on like one of those old CDs you would install onto PCs back in the day. If you, if you really remember computer games (laughs) and then it's, yeah, it's got a Witcher two and a Witcher three. The Witcher Mm -hmm. two came out in 2011, Witcher three came out in 2015. So from 2015 on, they've kind of switched from video games to, um, the Netflix series. movie and TV series. It seems like yeah. the Netflix series, which I think is a great pivot last week or not last week. Uh, Timeline wise, we've, t- it's been a while now, but we talked about arcane, another video game property turned into a TV series. Now, just what do you think about? So just kind of all three witchers, like you said, you came in blind. You don't know anything about the games, the book. So you feel like you enjoy what you're watching, but you just still don't know much about the world of The Witcher? Yeah, I think I was really disoriented by the first season of the live action series because there's like time jumps and it's like a a non-linear story. And I'll be honest, I wasn't paying close enough attention while I was watching to really keep track of it. So at the end, I vaguely understand their motivations. Season two was a little bit easier to track (laughs) because it's more of a linear arc. Yeah. And here's the thing. I've watched through season one twice at least and both times for what like i don't know what it is i can't i just it disorients me and i just can't time jump absorb it yeah it's the time jump so nine times out of ten i feel like i'm in favor of when stories do a time jump because they they do it intentionally they do it well it's for dramatic reasons for whatever a non-linear story like needs to be told Mm -hmm. the problem with the witcher is it really feels like it didn't need that Yes. 
I never understood exactly why we kept jumping back and forth between all these stories. And sure, there is like a moment towards the end where it all clicks and you understand where it's going and what's going on. But like, it's not a good enough payoff for for the confusion that it caused. But mm-hmm. I will say in favor of it, as confused as you and I both were during season one, it got us to stick around. Like I, I, I was entranced. I watched the whole season. I wanted to see where it went. I was excited for season two. Um, and we watched this anime movie when it came out, it came out between season one and two. And it's kind of like a prequel. Well, not kind of like it definitely is a prequel. So in order of events, it goes, uh, the, this anime movie that we're going to talk about. And then season one bounces around, but I, I, hopefully maybe I can make the story a little more linear for you and we can, uh, digest that. And then we can talk about the most recent season in season two, but, um, let's, let's start off with just a, a, a couple of our characters. Let's start with off with, um, We'll start off with the anime, though. Yeah. And so also look at this. The anime also does a time skip. Uh, it's it's <laughs> annoying. <laughs> it is. OK, so I, I think I, I think I've got it. It's so, it's because the reason it's so disorienting is on paper. This sounds like something that's right up my alley. It's like a Game of Thrones where there's a couple of protagonists. It's a yeah. medieval fantasy series. But then do that across multiple timelines and it just i feel season one gets a little jumbled for me but if uh, medieval fantasy is your thing there's also a bit of like a horror monster hunting twist to it i don't know how much that translates in the games but like that yeah. part of it I, i'm super into oh, that's that's the games Okay, that is sweet. the games. You're like a monster hunter for hire. Yeah, you get missions. It's kind of like an open world. The the one I played, you go around and you hear of different missions and you run into different monsters and you collect coin. So just to for our novice audience, it, it is it's like a, to me, it's Game of Thrones, but there's a lot more like lore and magic. So it's it's closer almost to like a Lord of the Rings, I feel like. But with mm-hmm. like a Game of Thrones gore and shock and political intrigue to it. Yeah. And so there's monsters in this medieval world, though. And there's this, um, what do you want to call them? So it's like this mutant race of humans who have taken a, a vow just to be monster hunters. Mm-hmm. That's what they've dedicated their whole life to. They live longer than the average human. They got the yellow glow in their eyes. People recognize them and they have a general disdain generally. Like the general public isn't too fond of these witchers. Yeah. And so it's a fun character to kind of follow who's like a loner, doing the right thing, collecting coin. He's like doing the right... A lot of witchers are like, This is what I love about them. And I think this is what draws me to the series is like a lot of the witchers are doing the right thing, but for the wrong reasons. Does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They think of them as like money grubbers. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the protagonists throughout the series, I imagine through the books, through the video games, you're playing as one of these monster hunters, a witcher. A witcher. Um, Usually Geralt is our main one in the live action series. He's not in the anime a little, but he... um, he's the one you play as sorry go on i didn't mean to interrupt you let's talk about their abilities because there are a couple things i pick up from the series but i don't know lore wise what it means obviously they have the yellow glow they go they're like uh taken in by the witcher brotherhood yes and their youth 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's usually orphans. Yeah. And where do they take them? What is that? What's that place called? Karen, Karen. See, oh, this is where we will struggle a little bit is with some of the names. (laughs) Karen Morin, right? Is that it? Yes, yes. And that's where they take the 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 witchers and that's where they hide every winter cuz winters in medieval time are really rough apparently like you just people die <laughs> and left and right in the cold. Um but <laughs> so they go there and that was where they would train the young witchers a- as boys. Mm-hmm. And, and when we catch up in the main series, they're no longer doing this practice. Uh the, okay. the witchers have been sort of disbanded. There's no more organization to them. They're they're uh See, I already forgot the name. Karen Moror. Karen Moror. Karen Moran. Karen Moran. Okay. Karen Moran is, um, it, it was like attacked. So by the time we catch up in the main series, they're no longer doing this anymore. But so that's why this prequel of the anime is pretty cool is we get a look at what old Witcher life was really like back in like their heyday of when there was a lot of them. Um, you know, they're out like, being big man on campus uh we get to see kind of what the children go through but so some of the witcher's abilities is like they are all about monster hunting so they go through like rigorous sword and and physical training Um, that's probably the most prominent is like they they work these children to the bone training wise okay from my perspective these are the abilities yeah it's the their eyes turn black i don't know what that does i don't know what that means is that night vision <laughs> like what is that's that? like a <laughs> so um, they don't explain you know, it probably does grant them night vision so no, no no they really don't it's just so it's a little potion it's a vial so witchers deal in a lot of alchemy a lot of okay. chemicals potions so it's like it's like a toxic that the witchers will drink and it gives them um I've always kind of compared it to like um, an enhanced state of being like they can probably smell better. They can see better. They can hear better. It's just like, it's their fight mode, Um, like an adrenaline rush almost. Um, What what does it do in the game? It it could give them night vision. It like boosts your stuff and you can see enemies more clearly. It'll like slow them down a little. So you're a bit faster in the game. It's just, it's, it's an overall general boost to like everything you got going on in the moment. Okay. And it's how these witchers will take down sometimes these monsters that are a lot, a lot more powerful than them. Okay, that makes sense. The witchers are already not kind of human though, and this like takes them the next step, like a little further. Like you see, they get angry. He's like, "Get out of here!" He's he's always yelling. <laughs> Geralt, <laughs> it's pretty grumpy. Okay, that's that's the first thing. I think that's one of the, that's how we meet Geralt in season one of the live action yeah. series. Second power I can think of is the little, yeah, telekinetic. Force field thingamajig. What's happening there? So the witchers, the witchers have totems uh-huh. that he can shoot. Like he's got like a push. He's got like a shield. He's probably got like a, like a knockdown, like of someone's feet. They're just magic, little magic incantations that are pretty, um, pretty standard. You in the, in the anime, you see Vesemir. He's got one called ignite, which he mm-hmm. can like shoot like a little spark and ignite things. And so that's another thing. Like the, if you saw in the anime, he douses his sword in oil mm-hmm. and then ignites it in fire. And so witchers are always doing stuff like that because each monster has like 
creative ways not creative but like unique ways that it can only be defeated and so that's part of a witcher's training is studying to be a monster i sound like a groupie to these witchers i'm like such a fangirl i'm like (laughs) oh my god and then the witchers do this and they're so cool they know everything about monsters but no i think that's what draws me to the series is like i am just kind of enamored with this like subsect of characters it's got Mm -hmm. like the x-men mutant thing going on where people like kind of hate them it's kind of like the lone rider like yeah. a monster slayer it's just it's a cool okay. it's a little bit uh Go ahead. it's a little jedi order but if everyone yeah them, yeah yes yeah okay and they're uh, like way more badass than the jedi yeah the the ignite thing is that what Geralt does in season two i think it's the the screen grab yeah. that they oh, use yeah. for like the netflix his- backdrop Hell yeah, when he ignites his sword like that. Mm-hmm. Yes, same sort okay. of magic. It's like very limited, easy, basic magic that the witchers can do. And then, you know, they have good magical abilities like Snape with potions and, and alchemy and stuff. They're good like that. So whereas in this world, there are also mages, which this could lead us into our next character. Mm-hmm. Mages are study just full-blown magic, whereas like a witch's magic is real basic. You know, they can push someone. They can probably, they probably would have like, it's kind of like a Jedi. Like they have the force, like push, pull. Uh, you know, the fire is kind of like the lightning that the Sith do. So it's similar in those manners, actually. It's, it, it's basic sort of magic. But then we have mages in this world where, Uh, They study and train their whole life, and they are like masters of magic, which this takes us into our number two character of most Witcher stories. I think it's funny that the anime and the live action series, it followed like the same trope of like a Witcher working with a mage and like kind of being grumpy about it and like (laughs) ended up needing each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, why don't you tell us about ma- our mage though? Let's go with the live action mage just because she's uh, awesome. I love her. Tell us about a little bit about Yennefer. Yennefer, we first meet her as a hunchback. Is that oh. fair, fair to say? Yeah. Uh, she definitely is given away by her family and she's taken in by... Yeah, she's taken in by the mages and she begins to... Now, would she be called a mage or a witch? Um... Is it a you gender specific one? I think witches. No, I think a witch is more like a derogatory term. Honestly, I think they are mages, and that's okay. why because it'd be weird if it was like witches and witchers. But uh, they do say witch sometimes in the series, mm-hmm. and so I think they are considered mages. But a witch would be more like a slang, like "Oh, you witch, get out yeah. of here." So she what is. Have, what have you done to me, you witch? Yeah, she's the main mage uh, that we follow through the stories. She's a bit of an outcast when she first goes to whatever the mage academy is, but she's really strong oh, yeah, in her yeah, magical yeah. powers. And eventually she, she cures her own. Yeah, she cures her own body, straightens out her back, I guess, by uh, giving up her her. Uh, her reproductive organs. Yeah, her, yeah okay. Yeah. Uterus? Yeah. I think it was her uterus. Yeah. So she like sacrifices the, her her ability to have a child in order to, and that's kind of how this dark magic will usually work. You, you make some sort of deal. And so ignoring the time jumping all around, her quest is she finally gets the looks, everything she wants, but she can't have kids now, which is like a bummer. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is like... Well, I, I I did the impossible once with magic. I'm going to make it happen again. So she's out to like reverse that sort of curse that's been put upon her. Not an actual curse, but because there are curses in this world. 
And to be fair, if you had just also recently met Henry Cavill, wouldn't you also want your reproductive abilities yeah. back? Yeah, I'd be like, <laughs> I need to. <laughs> so wait, we, we skipped over that when we talked about Geralt. Evan, you love Henry. You're Henry, like in love with him. You would he, have his babies. Uh, yeah, he uh, he is my Superman. He does a really good job of playing this character. I would almost he say does. this is he is probably almost more popular. He's like too good for this this role than he is for Superman, like in the Justice League. He, I think this he, is a much is more so appreciated, yeah. Um, property that he's in the internet loves him i love him evan loves him he is so good in this role he literally i don't know how to describe it because it's just a video game character that i'm going off of but the <laughs> fact that he can just capture the essence is so good the grunts it, it, like one of his most famous lines in the first season is literally just a mm, and he like <laughs> nails it he's so good at it <laughs> Yeah, he just kind of grumbles all the time. He's like disgruntled, the reluctant hero. Yeah, yeah. And so a lot of season one is Yennefer and Geralt meeting for the first time, kind of oogling over each other for a while, and then getting in a huge battle, a a war that happens, and they end up separating ways at a very climactic point. And then as we'll find out going into season two, Geralt's like, damn it, I need Yennefer. So getting back to just the general world as a whole is there's like kingdoms and the mages to stay as neutral as possible, loan out a mage to each major kingdom to like help Mm -hmm. out with. And so that would be like their court wizard back in the day. And so there's something I love about this where the world takes like these classic medieval tropes, knights at the round table, kingdoms and wizards. But then it's also like, oh yeah, there's these horrifying, terrible, ugly, ravenous monsters lurking around every corner. It's kind of like the dark underside of like those old fairy tales of medieval times. Do Cause the monsters are in the live action series. And in the anime, pretty like scary looking in the video game. Is it like spooky to play? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, it can be spooky to play. You're wandering around like a a, a swamp with mist, sword drawn, and you're like trying to listen. You're like, is that the thing? Is is it coming towards me? And then just... I would love to play it, but I don't know if I it's can scary. handle that. <laughs> okay. It can be scary. You you play it in a dark room. No, it's not. There are like horror video games, and I would not say this is ho- a horror video game, but there was definitely times I was playing and I was very spooked. You know, I'm playing late at night, and I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Is it get, Where is it? Where is it? Or like you're about to die. You're on the verge of death. And so I think, I, like I said, they're really good at capturing that in these fight scenes. You know, he takes hits all the time and it looks like he's hurt. And that'll happen in the game. He'll stumble, he'll fall down. But uh, he's always victorious and it's always like a dramatic kill scene, which I just mm-hmm. love. The kill scenes in this are so satisfying. Like, that's what's really missing in a lot of Game of Thrones, I feel like, is they do have like satisfying kill scenes, but just like the fact that there are monsters out there just trying to kill everyone, it just allows for much more like stakes. I don't, or not stakes, but like this monster's going to get its head chopped off. I love that. I love uh-huh. the gore. I'm a gorephobe, yeah. so like <laughs> I love it. 
Uh, okay. So we have the witchers, the mages, the human kingdoms yeah. that have different political conflicts with the last There's also group. elves. Yeah. The last group would be the elves. Where do they, how do they factor into this story? This world, the elves, I don't know as much about, okay. I don't know as much about them, but from what I've gathered is it looks like they once had a lot of land, a lot of power, and then something over time has stifled that, stopped that, because they're down to like a, a wandering nomad tribe almost when we see them in the second season. Okay. Um, well, and in the first season when, when Siri goes and lives with them. So I don't know enough about their story, but I don't know. I kind of like that in fan. I, I love that in world building and fantasy things when I don't know necessarily everything because, um, you know, things happen before I got to the story. And that's one thing I enjoy about all three of these is they are actually like very progressive is the anime at first felt very, um, how do you want to say it? It felt like very uh, lone standing. Like you could watch mm-hmm. it as a one-off. Sure. But we find out at the end of the anime that it's a prequel to all of what we're watching in the live action series. Yeah. It plays like a longer episode of maybe season two. So, I mean, one of the things I appreciated about the animated film is like, they do a little bit more of that exposition that they, I I think they just don't in the live action. They leave out. There was a moment where like, yeah, in the in the anime where there's a monster nearby the necklaces start rattling and someone literally says like oh those rattle when there's a monster nearby it's like oh okay that's good to know like for this whole series uh i don't know season one just doesn't lay a lot of groundwork which like i can see the argument for not talking down to your viewer, but it's like, I need for someone who wants, who wants to like something like this. Like I need a little bit, like explain some things to me. You know what I mean? No, I totally agree with you. I I remember it's December. So this originally aired the live action in December of 2019. That's Uh what started this whole thing. And I remember I was so goddamn confused when watching it. And so then I actually went and played the game after I think that's just a testament, though, because back in December of 2019, Netflix was like, oh, one of our most popular series ever, like broke uh, the 24 hour record or whatever. And it was highly anticipated for season two. It's on Netflix's top 10. The fact that season one was so confusing, didn't talk down to its audience, just really either means that it had like a huge audience before this came out or like it was just so good that people were like i don't even care that i'm confused and i'm a little bit in the camp of i didn't even care that i was confused i loved what i was watching and i'm not normally like that if i can't follow a plot if i can't follow a plot i normally am like turn this off terrible but something about the action scenes just just Henry just being so gruff and tumble, uh, the beautiful Yennefer casting all these spells and this this heated vixen and just the something about it all really grasped me. And what I will say is all of those complaints I have about season one were qualmed in season two. I feel like they really yeah. took the criticism to heart. I would agree. I was like completely lost, but, but I love seeing... Henry Cavill slashed through monsters and cast spells. I'm like, Ugh. I don't know what is happening. 
but generally I enjoy it. Like, this is cool. I want to watch more of it. Yeah. Um, I just, I feel like there were moments in season one that probably would have been enhanced by knowing a little bit more, like for people who are coming in from the books or from the game, seeing Henry Cavill do the little telekinesis thing or light his sword on fire. Probably it's probably like such a cool moment. And maybe, maybe I'm just like jealous that I, didn't get that feeling (laughs) so i don't know maybe i need to go read the book or play the video game but it's a good series you know there's an inside joke yeah it's like you know there's an inside joke but you don't know what the joke is so you have to be like oh that's probably funny (laughs) yes yeah it's like i'm watching the i'm watching this series going like this is probably super rewarding for someone but like not necessarily me right now Oh, that's really funny. No, I I totally get that. But that's why I I really feel like they saw the success with season one, but they got criticism. They were like, okay, for diehard fans, here is an anime that'll show you what Witcher life was like before, you know, the big change sort of happened. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's it's like exploring in Game of Thrones. It'd be like exploring the Mad King and, and kind of his downfall with the Kingslayer, you know, that's a huge plot point in game of Thrones that we never like see in the series. You know what I mean? And so I feel like they really took to heart. They were like, okay, here's some backstory for those of you who have not watched, you know, or excuse me, for those of you who have not read the books, haven't played any of the video games. Here's a little more backstory for you. And I don't know why. Why am I such a sucker? I love that they did it in the style of an anime, though. That's so cool to me. What is with this recent trend? Anime is like finally getting the props that it deserves, I feel like. With Star Wars Visions recently breaking into the mainstream and and this, I just Mm -hmm. I love that studios will be like, oh, we have this property that's not your typical anime. But guess what? We're making an anime anyways. Do you know who animates it? I do not. Tell me. It's uh, so it's not technically by definition an anime. It's by a Korean, oh. South Korean animation studio called Studio Mir Mir. But you would know their work from watching Legend of Korra. I think they do. Oh. Drag. I think they do another. Is it Dragon Prince or like Voltron or? Something? I think they've done another animated. There's Netflix. a Dragon Prince. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know which one they do, but. They're probably most known for doing Legend of Korra. You know, I love if, some Legend of Korra. If it felt familiar, that's why. I think in Western animation, you really only have like a cartoon network mm-hmm. that's still yes. doing 2D That'll animation. Highlight. Or you yeah. have like big budget CGI Pixar. So I like I just I just don't think there's that middle ground anymore. It's either like super high budget 3D computer animated, or it's like relatively small studio smaller asian animation like obviously with uh japanese anime like it's it's booming it's a booming industry over there so um i'm all for it it's cool i'm glad we get more of this and and i i do want to commend them after a phenomenal season one run instead of like exploring one of the characters we already met they actually take us back into the story give us backstory into someone we're gonna meet in season two 
Uh, yes. And, and they like set up a couple of the things that are going to happen in season two, which I, w- I wish I would have known because I would have gone back to watch this before I watched season two. But yeah. So you meet Vesemir as a child and as a young man, Witcher. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't even, not even as a young man, we get that cool twist. So as a child, he has uh, this girl that, and they're kind of both orphans. And this is like mm-hmm. a common Witcher trope is like children with no parents end up at the Witcher's lair in the winter and they go through this gruesome training. And so that's kind of uh, what happens here. Once again, we get the time skip back and forth. And so it's never explicitly said. So the first time I watched, I didn't know for so long that the kid and the young man were the same guy. (laughs) It was like embarrassingly long. Yeah. And so on the second, on my second watch through though, it's much more obvious. There's like a scene where it fades from him as a child to him as an adult. And it's like very clearly him, but I missed it the (laughs) first time I watched it. And so it wasn't until the old ladies talking to him where I was like, Oh shit, it's them. Well, I think so. I watched this after I watched season two and I had a very similar realization moment where I was like, they start with this horse and buggy getting attacked by a monster. The witcher jumps in. And then I, I think they address him by name as Vesemir. I was like, Oh fuck. I just like saw this guy in season two. This is cool. We get to see his origin story. And then it like flashes to like these two kids. I'm like, I don't know who these kids are. Like what's happening. They're in a city. Something's happening. And then like at one point, like I think just as that like little scene is ending, the little girl goes, something, something, Vesemir. I was like, God damn it. This is another fucking time jump. Like, don't stop doing that <laughs> shit to time me. time jump all over. <laughs> it's so funny. I didn't catch it till the second time watching it. It's so yeah. funny to me, though. They really feel like they need to give both stories at the same time. So we see Vesemir as a young man and how he doesn't have many options. He's like stealing food, like just scraps from people on the street. So he mm-hmm. goes and becomes a witcher. I think it's kind of funny that like his issue as a child is he doesn't have any money. And then when he like becomes an adult, his issue is that he's like obsessed with making money. <laughs> I, I thought that was a cool character development. I noticed. Yeah. You know what I mean? As a kid, no, think about it. Cause like his worry as a kid, he's like, I don't have any money. So as an adult, he's like, I need all the money I can get. It, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. We see him grow up. He becomes a witcher. Um, we learn that the the witcher children go through, what would you want to call this? Like, oh, a mutagenic process. Like they get injected with the witcher serum. And it's like a violent and gruesome process. So this is like after they've been trained for a while. And that's the other thing about the witchers back in the day is they would take like a huge crop of, of young men usually mm-hmm. like age 10 13 uh they get like 30 of them and only like four become witchers though and the others just like die <laughs> they die in the, yeah. in the process <laughs> of trying to become a witcher <laughs> it's not funny i don't know why we, we're laughing but like it's really it's like a slim pickings process not everybody makes it out of here only the best of the best uh-huh Adult Vesemir that we watch in the animated film is voiced by Theo James, who's from the Divergent series, who starred alongside <laughs> Shailene Woodley, I think. Uh, so that's probably. I heard, I heard they didn't even finish that movie series. It's like a trilogy, and they got two done, and they just didn't even. That's how it, a poor it was doing, is they didn't even finish the movie trilogy, is what I heard. Wow. I don't think I ever watched any of those movies. Yeah. 
RIP. No, Bring I never back. saw a hey, single one of them. If the Snyder Cut can happen, <laughs> so can Divergent 3. <laughs> Really quickly, I'm looking at the voice cast. Uh, Steve Blum voices Aleshi. Is that is that the like the wooded monster? That's the monster. Okay. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the monster that transforms. Does it talk in the movie? I, I guess I don't know know yeah. exactly what Aleshi is, so I don't know which character it's referring to. It's not supposed to talk. I, I don't think it's supposed to talk. But it uh-huh. does, and that was kind of what the, a lot of the intrigue was coming from. Because spoiler alert, there was a bad witcher who was making monsters. Oh god! Uh. Yeah, I like that twist. I, I enjoyed that. Um, Steve Blum is Toonami it Tom. Makes sense, right? Yes. Oh, he is. I love Toonami Tom. Yeah, uh, he's Spike Siegel in Cowboy Bebop, and then oh, th- oh. this one. I had to look up. I was just clicking through some of these people's credits. Uh, Jennifer Hale, I, I forget who she voices in it, but it is the voice of Samus Aran in the, the Metroid Prime trilogy. Pretty cool. And then... Wow. Luke Youngblood plays Sugo. Is that the little boy we meet in the beginning who gets like taken in by Vesemir? Um yes yeah yes but you'll be delighted to know that sugo is voiced by an actor named luke youngblood who was in the harry potter (laughs) franchise but also plays magnitude in community pop pop (laughs) pop pop (laughs) oh my god that's a wild wild crazy reference amazing uh yeah so that's all the people i had the time to look into but Pretty fun voice cast. I don't Anyone know. who knows Evan and I knows that we love community and community is all about like hidden jokes and Easter eggs. So anytime something like this happens in real life, it just feels like, Oh, it's just like <laughs> right on brand. Um, it's a great cast. It's a, uh, it's a good movie for what it's trying to do. Like I said, now that we know it's, it, it's kind of like part of the shock of the end that you realize it is like a prequel to what's going on. Mm-hmm. but once you watch it with the eyes of knowing it is a prequel, you you learn a lot. Like you said, you learn that their medallions go off when there's a monster nearby, which, you know, I took for granted that I knew that. I, I, I didn't think that people just wouldn't, you know, that's like a spidey sense. Like, oh, there's a monster nearby. And it's just, it's it's in their little medallions that they have mm-hmm. that hangs from the, the witcher tree. So yeah, he has to go catch this this man-made monster, which he doesn't know is man-made at the time, with a mage. And we, we, since we already got into it, I like what you said. I liked this storyline, this plot line of the witchers, you know, we're down on business. Like there's a lot of witchers and not a lot of monsters like uh, mm-hmm. supply and demand is off. So this yeah. man decides <laughs> to take it into his own hands. What yeah. a diabolical, what an awful, like, <laughs> I don't even know how to describe like what I would compare this to, but what a slimy practice. Yeah. I, I love that political dynamic because I think they kind of tease it in the beginning. And Vesemir's like, no way. Like, you know, call is a creedy, but we're not that big of scumbags yeah. where we would go making monsters to terrorize people. It just plays into the perception of like people yeah. think of witchers as they creedy bastards. The that, like they would do something like that. Like it's it's not that yeah. big a stretch of the imagination. 
so yeah, we in the live action series, we see the witchers getting persecuted by strangers a lot. In the anime, we actually see Vesemir's childhood friend now as an old lady has like power on the court and she's trying to defend like the, the honor of the witchers like no 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 they're monster hunters they're noble men they would never do something like this and so we do get to see like you said some of the political divide the drama of the world and just kind of the split uh the the split view on witchers per se it's like a necessary evil like if the witchers were to all go away the monsters would kill a lot of people but it's funny because people just sort of like have associated witchers with negative thoughts and and monsters coming but Mm -hmm. in reality it's it's like being mad at the exterminator that there's a pest (laughs) yeah um like that that's essentially the the main confrontation or that's the big plot twist towards the end is that uh it's it's Vesemir's um mentor who's doing this, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. correct. So Vesemir feels a little bit betrayed. Everyone's got a mentor. Mhm. Um, Everyone has like a, a a mentor figure. Um who is They do. Think yeah, about it. Yeah. Everyone has <laughs> Sorry, go on. No, you're good. Uh who is the lady that is in like the final confrontation. I'm like very, <laughs> I'm not. So it's, it's the mage. It's it's okay. the mage that, yeah, I can tell. It's the mage that he was with. She, I don't think she has any significance in the live action. She's uh-huh. just a, a mage of Artuza is the, is like the mage order. I guess you would call them. They all hang uh-huh. out together. They vote on things. That's where they train their people. Mm-hmm. They're like a classy society. And so they consider themselves probably above most humans and, and like definitely above witchers. Okay. And is she a love interest for Vesemir? I may have you know, been doing really, work while uh, I was watching to be... this. <laughs> I'm so <Yeah>. sorry. <laughs> That's okay. We're, we're cheating. We're using this to talk about the live action. The anime was a gateway yeah. to, yeah. to talk about the live action. So <laughs> that's okay. But so, um, witchers are not really supposed to feel emotion that's part of like the mutagenic process is they don't feel love they don't feel remorse they don't feel fear and that's supposed to like help them be the perfect hunter but as we see throughout the series that's like not necessarily true the witchers Mm -hmm. will have like budding emotions still still that that come through because like you said yeah vesemir was in love with with that old ass lady you Uh know what i mean the one that was from his childhood Oh, one scene I love in the anime. It's like I'm jumping so far back, but they're <laughs> they're going through the Witcher process of the mutagenic toxin taking over the boys, and it's weeding some of them off. Some of them are dying. They're like puking, and he's like reading this beautiful letter from his childhood love. It was like a really cool scene of him. She's like, "I hope you're well. I hope you're well and, and warm and good fed." And he's like, throwing up like in the pit. It was like a really cool juxtaposition. And I'd probably uh-huh. say on my second watch, it was like the most uh interesting scene to watch him reading like this beautiful love letter over like such gnarly gross uh, uh transformation scene I, I loved all the battle scenes like like most of the witcher series I, I didn't have much clue what was going on but i loved all of it the action's yeah. really cool <laughs> it starts off with like a really gory death yes like this dude gets speared through what <laughs> <laughs> like blood by, everywhere. Yeah, by like this tree monster there's blood everywhere so to see animation go to those extremes is pretty cool 
and, and then the action scenes, obviously Legend of Korra has some fantastic action scenes, but I think they do a really good job here as well. Knocked them out of the park. Yeah. Dynamic so, fights, sword fights. I would give it a, the anime, like a thumbs up to watch or for in my case watch again i should probably you know maybe before season three of the witcher if you're enjoying the live action series you should definitely check out the anime you will enjoy it it puts some context to some things it's it's some nice background and it's just more classic witcher witcher antics and you really see the fall of the witcher society here at the end and the the last crop of new witchers uh, kind of escape into the world and we learn that Geralt is one of those kids and I think this is maybe one of my favorite parts was uh, she's like do you know do you boys uh, so the old lady his love interest was like do you boys know a way out of here and he goes yeah under the thing in that way and she's like oh how do you know there's an exit and someone goes he was trying to escape and he gets like the most cheeky little smile he's like oops busted red handed <laughs> it's like such a weird one off and then for him to be Geralt at the end I was like wait what the hell what kind of characterization <laughs> is that no he's like, like he was trying to be a chicken and flee yeah that's fun yeah. yeah um i do like that reveal at the very end where it's like oh my name's Geralt. yeah and outside of the movie like release date wise this came out august of 2021 just a couple months before season two came out so like i'm trying again like trying to put myself in the the like position and emotions of someone who knows what's going on. I was like, oh, if I had watched this in August and really <laughs> knew what was happening in season one and, and watched that. This payoff would have been great. With Yeah, with three months to season two, this payoff would have been fantastic. <laughs> you know? So you're like, oh, man, someone really enjoyed <laughs> yeah. that payoff. You live in your land. Vicariously living. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like, goddamn, so that's a cool no, I moment. Totally, <laughs> I totally get it. You're like, damn, someone is loving this moment right now. That's so funny. Okay, okay. Uh, I think this is a good transition. Let's get into the live action series. So uh-huh. season one, we, we've talked our gripes to death. The time jump is hard to follow. But so let me kind of break down the timeline of season one. Yennefer... Oh, so at the end of the anime, Geralt is a child, Geralt is a child, and goes off into the world and becomes a full-fledged witcher. He's like one of the last witchers there mm. are. And um, he's doing his thing. You know, he goes from adventure to adventure. And around that time of him growing old, Yennefer uh, goes through her mage transformation from beastly to beautiful. And uh, then she's on her journey to have a baby again. And like you said, they they cross paths, her and Geralt. Mm -hmm. And sometime before Geralt meets Yennefer, he is at a court. This is probably like the most important scene of the whole thing. And it's weird because they do it so out of order that you don't know why it's important or like what everyone's like. Episode two or three. Destiny. Everyone keeps talking about his goddamn destiny. And you're like, what the hell is a child destiny? What are you talking about? Like, witchers, witchers can't have kids. And so the scene is he's at like a, a, royal, a royal dinner party. And he's been requested by the queen because she thinks there's a monster in the midst. And the queen finds out that her daughter is in love 
with this beastly monster that Geralt is is there to slay. Mm-hmm. And someone had claimed the the law of surprise earlier in the evening. I don't remember. This is the part that gets me foggy is someone brings up the law of surprise. There was a law of surprise. Turns out there was no baby though. And so mm-hmm. the law of surprise, it's just something you've really got to figure out on your own. The law yeah. of surprise <laughs> claims that... that <laughs> Let's take a time out. Because <laughs> I've like looked up... I had to look it up. They never ex- really explain it in the series. And even after looking it up, it's like never. a real concept that was maybe around in medieval times. Yes. But let's take a brief time. Like, how can you briefly, succinctly describe to me what the fuck the law of surprise is? Yeah, yeah. I think from my understanding, <laughs> my understanding of it is... I have just done you a service, a life, usually like a life saving service, and Uh you are indebted to me and you cannot pay. So I will claim the law of surprise. I will take payment at a later date, but it's going to be a surprise. That was how I took it. Okay. But apparently, like the subtext is that, like, when you claim the law of surprise, that just means you're going to take their firstborn child. Okay. All right. And I, I wish know, they would have I, said I don't it. know where that part translates to, uh-huh. but that's like the payment is, is okay, since I can't pay you now, I will give you my firstborn child. That's the law of surprise. Like, surprise payment later. Gotcha. Okay. That would make sense as why he's... Yeah. And so... <laughs> uh, adventuring he with does it Siri. kind of in jest, it jokingly. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. It's, so it's like such an important moment is someone, it, it gets brought up at this dinner party. Someone had claimed the law of surprise and it didn't work out. And so then he spares the monster. This is what I love about the Witcher too, is like, he's, he's a monster killer. And so people will be like, kill the monster, but he didn't kill this one. He's like, no, he's got some good in him. Like the Witcher is out to do good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I love that. He's always like a moral sense of good. Like I, I'm here to leave this place better than, so he doesn't kill this monster. This like, I remember uh-huh. it's like a porcupine man. Yeah. So I, I think there were two instances, right? So the, the monster was really one of the knights on the court, but he always wore his helmet and turns out he had some curse where he's like yes. a porcupine humanoid. And so, yeah, the I think, I think he doesn't he claim the law of surprise first and that's why he wants the princess's hand in marriage and then it's revealed oh, he's right. a monster so yeah you can claim it for like different things yeah you're yeah. right see i don't even understand exactly what you can claim as your reward for the law of surprise later on i don't understand yeah. the logistics but you're right that's why he thought he had a claim and to be fair she did love him too she she yeah. loved this this knight back this porcupine knight prince and so Geralt does not kill the porcupine. They share true love's kiss and it turns him into a man and he's, he's free to live in the kingdom now. And he goes, you, you saved my life. Like I'm indebted to you. And Geralt claims the law of surprise in that moment, uh-huh. kind of like jokingly in jest. He was like, ha ha ha. Like the thing that got us into all this trouble in the first place, like I'll, I'll claim the law of surprise. And then in that moment, you find out the princess is pregnant. And so that's what's really the driving force of this whole series is that Geralt has a destiny bond with this child that in season one, he has zero interest in. 
He wants mm-hmm. nothing to do with a child uh, that uh, like a princess from a kingdom. Okay. It's all coming together for me. Yes. Um, and then intermittently through season one, they show Siri. So there's a giant battle at Siri's kingdom. Siri is the child of surprise. Siri is the payment. Um, she's the princess. Uh, Siri's an important character. But in season one, we get these scenes of her intermittently wandering in the woods, finding the elves. And it's very mm-hmm. much like, what is going on? Because she's in the, like the time jump is not very clear as to what's going on. And you later find out that that's Siri, the one that Geralt has a, a destiny bond with that he claimed before she was even born. And the problem is, and I think this is honestly the biggest problem is Geralt doesn't age. So the time jump, you can't tell that Siri is like 10 years in the future because Geralt looks the exact same age. Okay. I'm looking it up right now. Uh, According to the Witcher wiki, the law of surprise is a custom as old as humanity itself. It dictates that a man <laughs> saved by another is expected to offer his savior a boon whose nature is unknown to one or both parties. In most cases, this takes the form of the saved man's firstborn child conceived or born without the father's knowledge. Yada, yada, yada. This is like drawn from actual history. Uh, someone else on Reddit explains it as. Give me what you have at home, but don't know. Like I think that reading is like super confusing. To me. But basically, your firstborn <laughs> child. So yeah, you're, you're on the money. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, but that's the important thing is that like really is pushing him towards this child that he has no interest in. He just wants to slay monsters, get money. Like that's the Witcher motto. He's like, I don't want to worry about a kid, and um which I can't blame him. You know, I'm out here trying to slay yeah. monsters, get money. I don't have a kid. I don't got no time for children in my life right now. Really cramping his style. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, it does. He's got a great style. Also, do you uh, like his horse roach? Had, uh, I felt no attachment to it. Cause I didn't know it had a name. <laughs> uh, um, it's terrible. He calls it by its name all the time. Yeah. So it's like his number two. <laughs> so season one, I don't want to spend too much more time on it, but like it's, it yeah. starts with uh series castle being invaded, her grandmother dying and she has to flee into the woods. And then like a lot of season one, we spend leading like in the past, but leading back up to that moment at the season finale, of the child right? Child of surprise. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, so season two picks up, uh, like in With the aftermath the Geralt, of this, Geralt yeah. finally meets Siri in the aftermath of all this chaos, and the first thing she says is, "Where's Yennefer?" And he's like, "God damn it! I just left Yennefer. What do you mean, where's <laughs> Yennefer?" Because Siri, Siri has a lot of magical abilities, a magical power in her, so she gets like visions of the future sometimes. Mm-hmm. Which I was wondering, and I want to ask you this: Do you think? getting random visions of the future that like you can't control when they're coming, what they're about. Uh, Would you enjoy that? Would you enjoy just getting random glimpses of the future? That's so Raven style, if you will. I don't think so because I think initially I'd just be like, well, that was a weird dream. (laughs) Like I wouldn't give it any meaning. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You wouldn't read into it at all. 
Yeah. Yeah. You're like, oh, weird. I, I should drink less water before I go to bed or something. I don't know. Um, I don't know. What about, yeah. How do you feel about it? Uh, I think it'd be really annoying to know what's going to happen. <laughs> but like, you know, say I have like, you know, you got a big test coming up or like a big day at work. Mm-hmm. And if I could be like, oh, let me see how that day works out, how that works. If you could channel it, sure. But if you were just getting random ass glimpses of the future, I'd be so annoyed. Because sometimes you'd want to change it and you probably mm-hmm. couldn't, or I don't know, it, you you would just it take it would take some of the surprise, uh, the law of surprise, if you will. It would take some of the surprise out of life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, th- that's where we pick up at season two is in the aftermath of the big battle, and now the the Geralt, child of destiny and yeah. and Geralt have finally f- come together, mm-hmm. and. Season two, like I said, season one is fun. Season one is good. It's enticing. It'll keep your interest. Mm-hmm. Season two. Oh, season two was on another level. I don't know about you, but I was entranced from episode one. Episode one, they show up at this monstrous man's house who can just do the randomest of magic. I, I yeah. don't know about you, but I love this. He literally would just go beer and a beer would fall out of nowhere knives and knives would fall onto the table uh, a bath <laughs> like a bath yeah. <laughs> like what cool magic to just be like anything i want cheeseburger and it would just appear yeah and correct me if i'm wrong this is just like kind of a horror retelling of beauty and the beast right he's got the same tusks he's a little he's it was a, kind of like that and he's got the girl locked away in his tower I like the little bit of misdirect where like you go there and you're expecting the final confrontation to be with this giant boar slash bear monster. And like halfway through the episode, with a lot of power, it turns out it turns out the bell is actually the monster. And then towards the end, it's like the boar knew she was killing all the villagers. He's still a monster for, for not doing anything about it. So I like how they, Wrap that up in a nice little moral lesson for us. It was great. Such a strong start. And the girl was so creepy. The way her voice would like talk and twitch Mm -hmm. and like the the way her movement was so well done. Such a strong start to the season that I was I was so entranced where like you I didn't watch a recap anything. It had been two years since I watched season one. And I just felt like, all right, we're back in it. I'm jumping in, baby. I don't remember what's going on at all, but Mm -hmm. I am here for the ride and it just i feel like it never really stopped it was really good i i do want to commend the show because i don't know if you can call it all practical effects but like they the monsters the makeup that they do like this girl twists her head 180 degrees at one point and like pulls herself forward on a sword it's like they do like really cool creepy yeah creepy looking stuff great production design and I'm a basic consumer. I like the sequential telling of that story. I like knowing what's going <laughs> I, on. I thought I was like the highbrow, smart viewer who was like, oh, I love time skips. You know, like I love mm-hmm. the original version of season four of Arrested Development. Like, ooh, it didn't confuse <laughs> me at all. But then when I got to season two of The Witcher, I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah. I was like, okay, I am a basic consumer. <laughs> <laughs> After episode one, they episode two, they're like pretty much at Kaer Morin, which they are 
yeah, for most for of the, the rest winter. of the season. And like, it's not really a gripe, but I, I, I almost thought I was going to get a little more of like monster of the week, which normally I would hate like monster of the week storytelling in a <laughs> but you show wanted it here it's like yeah I, I need this dumbed down like as much as you can for me but um you know once they're at care more i know what's going on like it's season two is good i really enjoyed it but it's all about Geralt protecting siri now and siri now wants to train to be a witcher which i love that she went from like the journey of like princess damsel in distress to like hanging out with Geralt and like watching him. And now she's like, you know what? I want to be able to fight on my own. I'm going to, I'm going to do this on my own. I can be a witcher. And we slowly find out that Siri has magical blood. I'm probably jumping very far ahead, but she's got elder blood. She's, she's one of like the last purebred elves in the world. That's okay. apparently something that also you just really got to pick up on is that the elves can no longer make purebred elves and then uh-huh. out of the blue also i was surprised in season two yennefer was like i'm half elf i was like what i had no idea you were half elf <laughs> everyone's everyone's been doing 23 and me's in in the off season yeah. yeah so like you said i i love the high fantasy of it all this really does not talk down to the audience. You got to keep up. You got to play the video games. You got to read yeah. the books if you want to know what's <laughs> going on. Uh, no, I'm kidding. You can honestly, you can still enjoy this. You just, like I said, there will be those moments where you're watching you be like, oh, I didn't know Yennefer was half elf. But so uh, Yennefer is on her own story where she gets kidnapped by the elves with her enemy mage from season one and the enemy mage from, from the rival town that's attacking Nilfgaard and all this. And Mm -hmm. um, I really liked this part where the head of the elves, Yennefer, and I'm blanking on her name, but leader mage of the, of the, of the evildoers, they go and they like each get a different prophecy in the cabin, in the woods. I don't know. I, this season to me took like everything I really liked about season one and just like amped it up to 11, the creepiness, the magic, the lore. I I loved this cabin in the woods, this like devil on their shoulder. And so this is where Siri gets the, or excuse me, this is where Yennefer gets the plot line of if she delivers this sort of devil on your shoulder. Now uh, the elder blood in Siri, the magic, she will restore Yennefer, Oh, we totally skipped over. See, there's just so much. This is so dense. Yennefer, in the series finale of episode one, or the season finale, used a bunch of fire magic, which, mm-hmm. once again, just keep up. That's illegal, people. <laughs> you should know that. You can't, you can't be doing fire magic. It's against the rules, you idiot. So Yennefer's in big trouble. <laughs> and she they, loses her mojo. I swear to God, I said they... Yeah, they they steal her magic because they were like, you know, you can't do fire magic. And I was like, oh, you might have mentioned that in episode one. I was like, you might have mentioned that. I don't know. And so um, she uses a whole a hell of a lot of fire magic and they strip her of her magic. So going into season two, her, now she's not like worried about making a baby. She's just like, I need to get my fucking magic back. Uh-huh. And so Yennefer's so like. Like I said, back to the everyone has these motivations, weaknesses, is and Vestemir's was was the was he loved coin. 
Um, and Yennefer's is, even though she it like seems like she wants to have a family and have a baby, all these altruistic things, she really is just like about power and control. She wants mm-hmm. to be as powerful as possible, and she doesn't want anyone telling her she can't do something. And so it drives her nuts this whole season not to have magic, which in fairness, if you had like a, a good portion of your life where you could do magic and they just stripped it from you, I'd be pretty pissed too. I'd be like, I have to vacuum this on my own now? <laughs> Wait, so, so fire magic's illegal. Who's the guy running yes. around doing fire magic all season? He's like, a, he's a rogue. So in season two, there's like a rogue mage. And okay. if you notice, he's got burns all in his face to like signify. And so he's like an assassin that uh-huh. they, gets hired. And he's looking for Gerald all season long. Man, this is such a dense show. We didn't even talk about the bard, Evan. The bard. We didn't even talk about the bard yet. He's one of the best characters. Yeah. Throw a coin to your witcher. And so <laughs> I love this element of fantasy in the whole thing is like Geralt in most of season one has this bard that travels around with him and just starts singing songs about him. It makes him goddamn famous. I yeah. love that. The power of viral marketing back in the day, <laughs> the word of mouth. And so, uh, yeah, this this fire mage who like comes and really fucks up the bard here. What's his name? Yasker. Yeah, Yasker. He's one of my he's he is one of my favorite characters. So uh-huh. I'm upset I haven't talked about him till this point. But uh, he's funny. He's kind of like a good counter to Geralt, where Geralt's like a straight man, super serious. This guy's a mm-hmm. bit more goofy. He's a little like bit the like comedic a drunk, very bard like. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of D&D elements in here. Like they're drawing from those fantasy tropes. Mm-hmm. But like when I think of a bard, I, I think of like strictly D&D. But so that's why they're on the hunt for that dude is because he's doing fire magic. And they're like, no, 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 that's illegal. <laughs> so many things are clicking. There's rules right now. <laughs> I think that speaks to the show that you can still enjoy it with a base knowledge. It's It's entertaining. Yeah. It's definitely not a casual viewing how people think of <laughs> no. like throw it Don't on while you're doing work. Yeah, you're going to miss out on some details. But that being said, it's, it's epic. It's epic. I get some of the broad strokes of the story half paying attention and it's still pretty There's a lot cool. of world building. I'll I think Grumpy Netflix Henry really Cavill this world out. <laughs> all day. You know what it reminds me a little bit of? It's a little bit like The Mandalorian. The reluctant hero protecting oh, the yeah, kid, yeah, yeah. doing the altruistic thing. So I'll get behind that all day. Yeah. Give me that 10 times. Over. I agree. I love it. Season two was really strong too. Like I said, if season one was a, a, an 8.5 out of 10, season two is like a 9.5 out of 10. What, while we're here, just wrapping up sort of, what would you say your favorite monster that you saw? Any of the anime season one, season two, what do you think was your favorite of them? My favorite monster. Um, I'll, I'll go with, I don't even know what to call it. The guy, the first episode we see the bard, they're battling that like goat guy uh, see they all have their and own he, names and i'm you're not i'm not that good where i can name off each monster he's like not really a big bad monster he's just like tired of people giving him shit he's like oh leave me alone like, yeah. <laughs> like i just look like yeah. this i'm sorry 
It was it, there's some there's some comedy with it. Yeah, and it ends kind of gruesome if I recall. Doesn't he like cut the head off him and it, there's blood all over the bard and like it's it's a good scene. Well, you're right. He's like a pissed <laughs> off drunk after yeah. after his sports team lost instead of like a monster <laughs> who's like I'm hungry for human flesh. Yeah. Um that monster was pretty entertaining. The one who I think these are both from season 1, but the one who is like a girl who transforms into a monster only at nighttime mm. that was like a really cool battle yeah. scene when yes. he like blasts through the floor that whole fight scene was really cool that's all i can think of for now the basilisks in season two were pretty sweet I they were didn't really understand you didn't say my favorite was... i'm happy you named off a what? bunch of monsters and what's, you didn't say what's my your favorite? favorite my favorite was the evil i am groot the was it the lesson the lesson the lychee the leshy, yeah. So, um, I liked the one that was in the woods. That was cool, but I really liked the one that was human, where it was like he got wounded. He was the Witcher that got wounded by it, and it turned him human. And that whole scene where they were fight—you didn't like that scene? Why are you shaking your head? No, no, I did. I did. I was pissed off at that guy. The classic zombie movie. Yeah, he like was- he comes back <laughs> hiding his his monster bite. And they're Injury. talking about like, oh, it's a good thing you got out of there unscathed. And he's, he's like, haha, yeah. And then <laughs> he's like, like, yeah, <laughs> as he rubs his shoulder. As he's got like, like a, a, a wooden knot in his like, in his traps. Basically. I loved the weird. Yeah, I don't even know what it was. The wooden piece of thing that came out of that little hole in him. I just visually, I was like, oh, like, I, I don't know. I loved it. And yeah. he turned into that giant wood monster. And that was just like a brutal fight. All those it vines awesome. everywhere. Yeah. It was just, it was awesome. Like I said, they started season one on such a great note. They got like a lot of really action-packed fight scenes out of the way. And then the rest of season two, they were like, okay, we're going to give you some linear story. Here you guys go. <laughs> Hopefully you can follow along with what's going on now. You stupid idiots. I'm sure the story creators were like, idiots. They're all idiots. And they're like, I know. We've just got to dumb it down for them. Give the people what they want. And I am those idiots. I'm like, yay, it's in sequential order. <laughs> we haven't even talked about the big bad in season two. Voleth? No. So yeah. correct me if I'm wrong. She's the one who's giving... Uh, all of our protagonists, these like visions of the future, right? She's like trying to tempt yeah. them to the dark side or like do something they know yes. is. She's like that devil on the shoulder. Bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so she's, I, I don't even, she appears in different forms when she's in the cabin and then she ends up getting broken free of the cabin, mm-hmm. which, um, like I said, I really love those inner dimension cabin scenes with like the cabin with no doors that you had to enter. And, mm-hmm. uh, she breaks out and she takes over Siri and, um, can't be understated enough. I love Siri. I love her attitude. I love her like resilience. Like she's like, no, I am going to be a witcher. And Geralt's like, fuck no, you're not. <laughs> so, um, love her. She's great throughout the whole season. What was I going to say? I just like the relationship that they have. It's like you said, the reluctant father figure, the Mandalorian, but he doesn't fall in love with the, with, with the kid right away almost, Mm -hmm. but you can tell he cares for her, not just out of a sense of duty, out of a sense of, of, of care in his heart, but he's got that whole Witcher mentality. Like I don't feel emotions. Yeah. 
uh, Geralt, Siri, Yennefer, they create this found family of sorts, you know. Blended family. It's a modern family. Yeah. Both uh, <laughs> Geralt and Yennefer have that attachment to each other. Yennefer wants nothing more than to bear her own child. And she has exactly. like this sort of nurturing feeling towards Siri. It, like I, I love all those dynamics in season two. And then they leave you on this huge cliffhanger. They like huge cliffhanger. They, they beat Valethmir, send her to wherever yeah. she came from, and then they're taken there back and where she came in hell. Like, what is this orange? Where are we? What's going on? There's random people. I'm not sure. Is it like the four horsemen of the apocalypse? Siri- it reminded me of like the Raiders or the Riders in um, Lord of the Rings, how like they can only be seen when you're wearing the ring. Like you have to be in. I think Siri can mm-hmm. jump between worlds, essentially magical okay. realms, if you will. And so those Riders are probably going to be coming for her old blood because, you know, Siri right now is the hot ticket. And that's what I'm saying is I loved season one did a really good job of making me feel like, ah, Geralt doesn't need that child. Like screw destiny. Fuck you destiny. <laughs> but then season two, I'm like, Oh, I'm like, Oh, thank Lord. Thank the Lord. He followed his destiny. He needs to protect this child. Everyone's going to be after her. <laughs> the end of season two really sets up. There's like four different parties that are all going to be coming after Siri. I feel like. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a huge cliffhanger, a lot of great action towards the end of season, uh, all throughout season two. Um, all throughout. Apparently, there's a lot to look forward to. I wouldn't know. I you know I'm learning a lot here today, <laughs> uh, but I'm along for the ride and happily so. I will say. Yeah. What do you say? Well, give if, a kind of your closing thoughts here. Witcher as a whole on Netflix, live action, anime. What's to come? What you'd like to see? Are you going to play the video game? Tell Hall. It is such a cool world that they've built. I might try to watch it all again in a couple months. I feel like I will still struggle to like keep. It's just like so dense in the beginning that it's, mm-hmm. it's so hard not to check out for like a second or two. And then like then you just have no clue what's happening but so netflix has a really nice 15 minute recap of season one Uh and it's in sequential order i recommend just checking that out it's very helpful okay i think before i started season two i accidentally hit the skip recap i was like shit how do i go back (laughs) and and i couldn't figure out how to go back and play like it's like no now i have to actually watch all season one again um when you type into netflix there's a whole world of the witcher you can type in and it'll pull up everything okay good to know go on though i'll probably do that yeah uh if you like me didn't know what was going on get the you know go online get the spark notes it's like super enjoyable i want to be I am invested in the story in this world in Henry Cavill's career. So like, yeah, I'm, I'm along for the ride. I want, I'll be there eagerly awaiting season three bucket of popcorn in hand, still probably like scrolling through Twitter half the time, but like enjoying it. Nonetheless, it's such a well (laughs) done show. I, uh, it is, I, I don't have any gripes. 
other than you know that it's so yeah. dense with lore <laughs> <laughs> yeah i couldn't agree more i really highly recommend this a lot of great action scenes this is like a nerd's fantasy there's just so much to the world you're going to be learning new things left and right and if you're into that kind of stuff it's like keep up and they will test you and it's fun it's good it's uh i don't think it's necessary for a watching experience though i still think it's enjoyable if you just follow mm-hmm. along with the base plot and don't really get into the world building of it all but um yeah i think there's a lot of laughs there's a lot of action there's some scary scenes i really think this has it all I don't recall exactly, but I think back in 2019 when it appeared, like December 20th, like five days before Christmas, I'm pretty sure it was doing like banging numbers too. Netflix Mm. was like one of our most watched series in 24 hours or something. And I was one of those people. I threw it on and I was halfway through and I was like, I'm confused as fuck. And I finished (laughs) it anyways, just as eagerly. (laughs) And I anxiously waited for season two. And you know what? I wasn't even one of those people that was like, I wish it was better. I wish it was in the right order it was just kind of like a silent gripe i had uh-huh. and then like you said when se- i got to season two and i realized it was all just going to be linear i was like oh thank the lord i was like this is going to make it so much easier and so i think they listened to any sort of complaints and i think they've only improved upon it and so it, it, it excites me to see what they will uh, bring in the future netflix is doing it right if you ask me I, I like that they're dipping into video game property it's unique it's different they have big fan bases already it's fun. I'm into it. I'm here for it. I'm quickly looking at the reception part of the Wikipedia. Uh, it says yeah. up until Bridgerton and Squid Game, it was their most watched original series launch of all time. Yeah. Uh, See, and after in December of 2019, sales of the game The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt was five hundred and fifty four percent greater than the year before <laughs> so that's a pretty considerable spike wow so good job wow. netflix this is where we get the classic meme a meme of uh interviewer going um xbox or playstation and then henry goes pc and it's like a classic <laughs> meme format yeah that's another thing i'll say is like i'm just really happy for henry cavill having a win <laughs> under his belt you know this man's been going through it with Warner Brothers <laughs> ever since Man of Steel. This man has star so much power and his love for the property really comes through. He yes. is a huge Witcher fan. He's a PC gamer. There's the viral video of him building a PC in a tank top. It's in epic. Like wherever, yeah. whatever quaint British village he lives in. He plays like he's Warhammer. Every single nerd wishes. Yeah. He's like what every single nerd wishes they looked like. Yes. He plays Warhammer. He paints the figurines and shit. Like, I think he's like, <laughs> he like is the target audience for this. And to see him thrive in this role is rewarding as a fan of his career. Restore the Snyderverse. I hope they bring him back for Woo. Superman. He deserves it. If not, I hope he's the next James Bond. He looks the part. He He's done spy he movies. Do Anyways, it. this isn't a Henry Cavill podcast, but man, I love that dude. <laughs> I know you do. That's why when I pitched this, I was like, I know Evan's going to be all about The Witcher. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm glad I watched all this. this. Is a good way to kick off the year of cartoons. Yes, podcasting. Even though we spent most of our time, <laughs> like we said, we cheated a little. Series. Yeah. Um, 
it's a good cartoon watch, but the live series is definitely, definitely better. Definitely worth For it. For sure. Um, it, it, it fascinates me that they brought it to a cartoon medium with the success that they had, I guess. I just think it's funny. Netflix literally saw this this property, bought it, and was like, we're going to make a ton of stuff. I bet you we'll see another animated movie in the future. There's, there's not a doubt in my mind. I bet we get at least one more. Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't it's money in the bank at this point, right? Yeah. Um, what else are you looking forward to watching this year? Um, there's a lot of stuff. Yeah. Happy new year, by the way. Same. To um, you, my friend. a lot of good stuff coming up this year. Well, I think probably most notable strictly animation wise is there's a Buzz Lightyear movie coming out. I- I'm going to be curious to see if they can do that justice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm one of the people who I, I, Toy Story three didn't really land with me, but Toy Story four, you know, made me an emotional wreck. So I'm curious to see if they can do something good with, uh, with a uh, Buzz Lightyear's origin story, if you will. I haven't seen Toy Story four, first of all, but you're telling me Toy Story oh. three, which came out the year I graduated, which would have been, I guess, a year before you graduated. You're telling me that didn't hit the sense of nostalgia it's gr- good. going off to it's okay. good yeah it's Were good you... it's just like <laughs> it was ahead. like cheesy to me all the new toys if that makes sense like it just felt like they were trying to do too much i liked that story but they like wrapped in a bunch of other stuff i'm t- I, if you haven't seen toy story 4 which is where i think you were going with that toy story 4 is 10 out of 10 okay good to know i will have to watch that before we watch the new buzz Lightyear starring chris evans uh yeah Love Chris Evans. Of you know I love Chris Evans. Yeah. What about you? I'm looking forward to watching Sonic the Hedgehog 2, which oh, I will yes. argue oh my God. has f- at least three animated characters. So I'm calling it an animated oh, It's film. up for debate. It's up for debate. We did three, just talk about The Witcher three season one prota- and two. Yeah, three <laughs> animated protagonists, computer rendered. Um, I'm looking forward to that. Idris Elba as Knuckles. You're telling me you're not on board I for that? I know. I saw that and I was very hyped because I love Knuckles one and I love Idris Elba. So it was like a double whammy. I was like, Oh my God, two things I love all together. And apparently he did like a bunch of research on the role. And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> he did a bunch of research. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, I love it. No, you're right. I'm excited. It, I, I think there's potential for us to cover it. We just cheated with the Witcher here, you know, but we didn't try to argue that the monsters are like CGI and we're like, oh, but all of the monsters are animated. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. maybe we'll go <laughs> the video game route of it. It's animated. But no, I, I'm down. I'm excited for that as well. Yeah, that's one. That's probably the first thing that comes to mind. 2022, Woo. the year of the two dudes. That's right. Hell yeah, baby. <laughs> 2022 dudes. <laughs> that was bad. I'm sorry. Um, oh, no. I think that's a good place to wrap that. this episode up. Uh, yes. Follow us on Instagram at Two Dudes Watch Cartoons. Follow us on Twitter at Two Dudes Watch. Let us know what you thought about Witcher, any of the properties, the video games. We'd love to hear your feedback. If we are like way off base with any of our understanding please inform us because we don't know any better please um and we'd love to we'd love to know yeah absolutely and uh rate you can follow and rate us on both apple Podcasts and spotify now so make sure you go do that it goes a long way yeah thank you for listening we'll catch you next time so do us, Carson.